welcome to the Imagineer Podcast, your unofficial guide to all things Disney. I'm your host, Matthew Krull, and you're listening to episode 99 of the Imagineer Podcast. Today we're going to geek out about a subject that I think if you're a Disney fan who has been to Walt Disney World or Disneyland or for that matter any other Disney destination is something you've thought about, whether you've actively thought about it or just subconsciously have recalled this topic. And that is your favorite, or our favorite in this case, smells at the Disney parks, including Disney Cruise Line. If you've been to the Disney parks before, you know that scent is one of the most critical parts and of course the most sensory to your Disney experience. It's very intentional. Disney works hard to create intentional smells at a number of attractions and resorts and other places around the parks. But there's also, as you'll hear in this episode, a few unintentional scents, things that Disney didn't necessarily create, but that just happened to trigger some memories of pleasant trips to Walt Disney World or to Disneyland or, again, to any other Disney destination. I have a couple of guests who I'll introduce in just a few minutes who I'm so grateful lent a couple hours of their time to talking about this subject and what other community than the Disney community would you spend a couple of hours talking about since? That's, of course, because, like I said, the smells at Disney are so iconic and I think it is a place of coming together that all of us collectively, those of us talking in this episode, and those of you listening can probably relate to smells at Disney being some of the most memorable parts of your Disney vacation. And if you smell it elsewhere, it'll bring you right back. So I'm so excited to have this conversation with my special guests today, and then we'll also turn it over to you to continue the conversation beyond this episode. At the end of the episode, I'll come back and tell you a little bit more about how you can connect with the Imagineer podcast on all your favorite social media channels and how you can help to inspire and create the future of this show. So grab some headphones, pull up your favorite armchair, and enjoy this episode of the Imagineer podcast. So this has been a topic that I have been intending to get to for literally years since I started the show. It has been one of those that's been on my list that I've promised I would get to. I've had a lot of people request to talk about this subject, but I wanted to wait until the right moment. And I feel like at this point, especially when you hear which guests I have on the show, you'll agree for those of you listening, this is probably the right group, the right time. And I'm hoping this will be, and I think it will be probably one of the most popular episodes of 2021. Um, but that, of course, talking about Disney smells or Disney scents or however you describe it. But we know that when we go to Disney, there are so many senses that we um, that that we feel and we see and we we smell and we taste. And and certainly the smell component is one of those that Disney works hard to uh, to make sure match with the experience. And we'll talk a lot about it and, and about our favorite smells. But let me go ahead and introduce our guest for this episode. I first. I usually go with ladies first, but I want to start with someone I've already had on the show. So welcome back, Philander. How are you? Doing quite well. Great to be back. Yeah, great to have you back. I know we always have some fun 
roundtable discussion. So <laughs> yes. I needed I needed a West Coast, a Disneyland uh, person on the podcast just to get some Disneyland in there too. I have put in a lot of time over there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you have. Um, but I also wanted to introduce our new guest for this episode, who is Lisa Denona Glasner. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me, and I'm so so excited for this topic. I am so excited to have you as part of this discussion. It was I've wanted to find a way to get you on the show before, um, since we met virtually a couple of years ago, and I felt finally this was the time to bring you on because you, of course, have not only the the Disney fandom and knowledge and and experiences with the smells in person, but you also have core memory candles, which I, as you know, and probably those listening know, am a huge fan. I think that when I ever in the past would order Disney inspired candles, I would inevitably end up being disappointed, including from some major companies I won't mention on the air, but um, people could probably fill in the blanks that they weren't always exactly what I expected in terms of matching the scent. But you, I don't know how you do it, Lisa, but you absolutely nail it. So thank you for core memory candles. <laughs> thank you so much for that. I mean, I, you know, the endorsement from people like you means the world for all the obvious reasons. I know you, you get it um, in a way that, um, that I always hope people do when I put these scents out into the world. And, you know, like you, I think, um, I was looking for those those scents. Like so many of us are, are aware of the power of scent. That's why we're doing this episode, obviously. Um, and and I too was looking for a way to bring them into my home, especially before I was local to Disney. And I just wasn't finding something that worked for me personally. Um, and so I made it myself. Um, and it's been received so so well um, by the Disney fandom, and it's been such an honor um, and privilege to become a part of so many of your homes. Yeah, I will continue to praise and promote core memory candles at no expense just because i truly love, <laughs> love them and i love giving people quality recommendations for products and i feel like this stands the the test of being a, a truly quality product in fact as we speak i have one of your candles um burning in this room so i am getting some scent that's bringing me back to disney i will reveal what it is when we get to that scent but um whether i talk about it or i feel like any, any of the three of us will probably, or all the three of us will bring this up. Uh, but I'm going to ask you some lightning round questions before I do that. I, I would love if you could share, cause I feel like it's, it's a fun story of how you ended up sort of uprooting your life and moving to Orlando and starting up your own inspired Disney inspired business down there. Yeah, go for it. I'm the worst at <laughs> these lightning rounds. I'm the worst. <laughs> I don't have canned answers for anything, <laughs> but let's, let's do it. All right. Um, so let's start with your favorite Disney park. Uh, my favorite Disney park is easily Epcot. Um, I think when I was thinking about moving down here, I used to always joke that lunch at Epcot was sort of my hashtag and my goal in life that I wanted to be able to just pop by that particular park sort of in between grocery shopping and dentist appointments like it was a normal part of my day. Um, you know, and, and for that reason and because we've made that reality, um, it will always be my heart park. Growing up, it was always my favorite park too. Um, still holds a dear place in my heart. Um, Disney's Animal Kingdom the last five years has has crept up towards the top of the list, but especially because of my personal relationship with Animal Kingdom <laughs> having worked there, but uh, it's, it's just uh, an amazing park. And Epcot is obviously, I think my favorite park growing up. Um, your favorite, do you have a favorite Disney attraction? Um, so it depends on the day and the, what I'm, what I'm <laughs> 
when I, what I'm on at the moment. But sadly, I think my very favorite Disney attraction is currently not running, though it is in tests. And that, of course, is the People Mover or mm. the TTA. And it's just one of those sort of all of my favorites are sort of those quiet moment attractions where you can stop and breathe and be in the moment. Um, and People Mover combined with all the childhood memories obviously associated with it, like for so many of us, will always be number one. Yeah, I'm sure Philander's feeling left out <laughs> with Disney. I know the uh, West Coast Disneyland locals miss the people mover being <laughs> being at the park. It's uh, mocking us. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll ask you a couple more, Lisa. Uh, your favorite Disney movie? It's the worst. I'm so bad at this. So I don't have a single favorite Disney movie. What I tend to give as an answer to this, just because I think it's a little bit out there and something that not everyone has seen, um, is live action Cinderella. Um, I, obviously there's a thousand other ones that I could say, but, um, for anyone who hasn't watched live action Cinderella, it is an absolute symphony for the eyes. It's an absolutely gorgeously developed movie. I think it brings together everything that's right about what Disney is trying to do now and recreating some of its classics. Um, and because it was such a vague storyline, to begin with, they had the liberty of kind of developing some of the characters in really beautiful ways um, that they didn't have with maybe some of the more scripted, more Lion Kingy, Beauty and the Beastie kind of um, kind of scripts that they started with. Um, and the message of the movie is just absolutely lovely. So I'll throw that one out there as my choice, just in case anyone hasn't seen it. I will second that. It is an excellent film. I was I think that was one of the films in the beginning that made me realize that Disney has something with live action remakes. And I still love to go back and watch that movie. So I will totally second that. If anyone listening hasn't seen it, please go back and see it. I will third that also that uh, I like that where I will watch that one over the animated one as like awful <laughs> as that may sound to people. Uh, I will choose to put that one on before the animated one for sure. Like it's, yes. it's very well good, well done, so fleshed out. Um, that I think is still the best live action one they've made thus far. And I think I that's agree. like the 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 bar that has to be reached as they continue to make more of these. Yeah, agree a thousand percent. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to throw a different one at you. Favorite Disney resort. This will be the last one. Okay, so my favorite Disney resort is it, again. It, these are all such personal things, right? And it's as like they should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. like what goes to your heart. So for me, my favorite, and there's backstory here, of course. Um, but my favorite Disney resort is Boardwalk. Um, it happens to be where we own all of our DVC. Um, I love you know the objective reasons why I love it are all there. I love its you know I love its sort of quirkiness. I love how it embraces the sort of freaky nature of itself, even though they took away the clown pool. And don't get me started yeah. on that. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so Boardwalk, I mean, just the experience of staying at Boardwalk, I love. Obviously, you can walk to Hollywood Studios and Epcot, of course, from um, from Boardwalk. And I just love that experience of returning late at night from the park to your resort and walking along the Boardwalk. And we always end up sort of seeing shows going on, some of the performers that we're hoping will come back to us soon. Um, and just the way that that adds to our vacation experience or added to our vacation experience when we were coming as non-locals was always really, really special. Um, but all that being said, like my first trip as a family to Walt Disney World um, after we lost my dad, when we kind of did this sort of like get out of Dodge trip to, to get back to our happy place was to Boardwalk. And I just remember this moment. It was like Columbus Day week. The weather was perfect. It was like that perfect Disney like mesh of like smells. And it was like room temperature with a breeze outside. 
And we were all standing outside and I think my kids were watching a performer and I just remember breathing in the air in that moment and thinking like, this is my place. Um, and everything kind of clicked into place. And that was kind of what got the gears in motion for our move down here eventually, um, that moment. So obviously that amazing. You know, for that reason, along with all of the like objective list type things that I can cite for you will always be my favorite resort. All these are meant to be subjective. And it's certainly when I say favorite, it doesn't always, I can intentionally say, what do you think is the best? But I always prefer to use the word favorite in, in these cases, because it is meant to be personal and boardwalk. I'll agree. My family growing up, we didn't stay at boardwalk. I didn't end up staying at boardwalk until I was an adult and decided that my wife and I decided we were going to try boardwalk once because we loved the resort and still do and absolutely loved staying there. But it was when I was even growing up, a day at Epcot wasn't complete without walking over to the boardwalk, whether it be at the end of the long day or sometime around the evening hours, early evening hours, seeing the live entertainment on the boardwalk, walking into the boardwalk bakery and maybe grabbing a dessert. Or when I got older, going over to Jelly Rolls in the evening and enjoying performances there. So it's a amazing place to say if anyone i'm amazed when people say that they've been out a thousand times and never walked over to boardwalk make the trip at least once it's it's an incredible place to go i agree so i think when you talked about the breath of fresh air that sort of transitioned us pretty nicely into our discussion today and i am curious before we jump into anything in particular when i was thinking about what sense i was going to put on my list the i almost had you know, a kind of list of qualifications for what I was going to, how I was going to frame my favorites. I'm curious, uh, I'll start with you again, Lisa, what your list of, what, how, how do you define your favorites or what is it about your favorite sense without maybe giving any way in particular that put it up at the top of the list? So for me, it goes back to when you asked me what my favorite attraction was, and I talked about just sort of being in the moment, um, and that's sort of where my list of scents comes from. It It's not necessarily the smells that I think are objectively the most beautiful, or certainly like the most deliberately pumped into the air via Smeltzer um, by Disney in the parks. It's just those, you know, I, I think in having this conversation, I'm sure we're all very much aware of like the neuroscience behind all of this and like the power of those olfactory senses um, to take us very primarily back to our memories and, and you know, and emotions. Um, and for me, that's what it's all about. It's just those, it's those smells of Disney in those kind of quietest, quietest moments that make me kind of stop in my tracks and breathe and say, all right, just you're, you're even, especially when I wasn't a local, it was those moments that made me like stop and breathe and think, okay, be in this moment because one day you're not going to be here. And like, this is where you're going to want to sort of mentally return to this place. Um, and it's the smells that accompany those times that are on my list. So well said. Philander, how about you? Uh, I think for me, uh, it's, it's kind of the same way I think as Lisa put it. Uh, it brings back very specific memories. And I think it's, it's slightly different for me in the sense that I, I'm mostly working most of the time when I smell them. Uh, so in that sense, it's not necessarily triggered to a memory that I have personally, but a memory that I'm sharing with other people uh, as I tour them around. So a lot of times I'm spending the, the same moments uh, or like spending a lot of time in specific buildings or attractions and I enter them so often. And at this point, uh, from working there almost 10 years, um, my mind starts to like kind of almost reach out and notice things uh, smells, sights that I have never seen before. 
Because when you start going into the same place time after time after time, uh, like over and over again, it, I start to pick up specific little things. Uh, and I know the ones I think people, when they think of Disney smells, are always the ones that come to. But I have some kind of weird ones that are just from me being in that building for so long or in <laughs> in in an area so long that the smell um, is like almost such a familiar one. Like if I walked in there, uh, not only would I know exactly where I was, but I would also remember potentially the family that I was with that day or an instance where uh, the reason why I was in that building. I jokingly say I've been there enough now at this point that I could probably walk through the park and based off of the what I'm hearing, the way the ground is, like it's cobblestone, brick, concrete, the smell, I could probably figure out where I was. Uh, so it kind of brings back this uh, strong sense of a bunch of memories. Almost, I can't almost put it to, like, I wish I could put it to one like Lisa does. That, yeah. that would be great. But it's like a bunch of memories all at once um, from different times throughout the years. And it's almost like a very comforting feeling because uh, like Lisa said, there's an emotional attachment to it that's really, really strong. And it almost is like a very home feeling that you get. Um, yeah. So mine are really all over the place. There's, <laughs> weird ones, but I think that's good. Cause I feel like a lot of people will say specific ones or ones that are really associated with Disney, but yeah, mine are our oddball ones. Good. That's, good that's, that's exactly what I have too. I have some familiar ones, some, some odd ones in there too. Certainly the smells that we experience can trigger a lot of memories. There are ones that I remember going back time and again, and there are some new ones that I love too. And they're to Lisa's point, not always the most beautiful sense or just the sense that, make us feel like we're back home. And that could be a, a sweaty bus of people. It's not my favorite smell, but it's one that I remember well going to the parks or a sweaty monorail, but those are you know back in the summer months. Uh, and, and you're right, Philander, I think that having worked at Kilimanjaro Safaris, I, it's not on my list, but I have such strong memories and emotions around the sense of the animals and the open air that bring me right back every time I ride the attraction to the experiences I had working there. And it's a wonderful set of memories to, to think back to. Um, for me, I, I thought the same way, the, the, the sense that triggered memories for me and emotions, but also I wanted to pick ones that I felt were unique to Disney. There were some that you could technically experience elsewhere outside of the parks. So uh, with, I broke the rule once or twice within my list, but absolutely the ones that I felt were unique just to Disney that I could only experience going back there. Without further ado, let's get into our list. Lisa, I'll let you go first. You're the newest guest and ladies first. So what do you have first on your list for favorite scents at Disney? So they're not in a particular order. No, no, no. Yeah. Go, go in any, honestly, any order you want. I, I change my list as even I'm talking it out with you guys. <laughs> as am I. Um, so I was going to start somewhere else, but I think given the conversation that we just had um, and the desire to avoid redundancy, um, I'm actually going to go a little far afield um, for my first one and maybe break a rule, Matt, because you said if it was something you could smell elsewhere, that... <laughs> that was just so, my rule. Um, it's a totally different set of rules for what you, how you develop very this. much. Yeah. So this is very much tied to memory. So when I would visit the parks as a child with my family, it was usually during the summer months because that was when we could travel. Um, and as we all know very well, um, it tends to rain torrentially um, in the afternoon. I'm here in Florida in the summer months. And my dad used to joke, my late father used to joke that he could set his watch by the summer storms. 
um, in Florida during our trips. And that's always such a welcome thing because I'm a, I love rain anyway. Like I'm like, give me like my lanai on a, during a rainstorm any day. Uh, it's my favorite place in the world. But um, in the heat of August, those storms are amazing because they tend to drop the temperature by like 20 degrees for 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, but there's, it's something, I mean, it's very specific to Florida, I think. And in so many of our memories, it's, it's very specific to Disney. The sort of smell that hangs in the air after an afternoon storm here at Walt Disney World, because the, um, the air here is so saturated in the summer months and there's so much lush vegetation and there's so much sort of moist earth and dirt. Um, and when you smell that air after an afternoon storm, you get that like familiar ozone smell, smell that you would get anywhere, but you also get this like lush, like earthy vegetation scent that's very hard to pinpoint, but is very specific to Central Florida, I think. Um, I've never experienced it anywhere else. And it, like I said, it's tied to so many childhood memories just because of when we used to come here um, when I was a child. So it's that is the first thing that I'm gonna say on my list is, is the smell after a storm um, in the afternoon, um, during the summer months at Disney. I have memory, many memories from that as well. Uh, growing up, my family didn't go often in the summer. We generally went holiday months up here in New York. So president's week was a big one. Occasionally we'd go in, uh, around spring break, uh, rarely the summer, but especially when I did a Disney college program and was out literally outside working every day, it was a very familiar smell. And, it's one that I think to your point is very unique. It's although you can get that smell of rain anywhere, there is something about the combination of the 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 flora in in Orlando and in Florida in general um, mixed with the the rain smell, and uh, I, I think that is very very unique. But um, Philander, I know it's not something you get often in Anaheim. <laughs> <laughs> no, not nearly. But I, that smell is a is a very there's like a really good smell that come that that's that rain that comes to Florida that disappears really quickly that like a uh, humid feeling and that smell is very distinct and even though you can smell other places I feel like it there's a part of it that kind of just sticks with you there just because it's almost like the ground is like heating up right afterwards and you can see steam the steam, yeah, steam. up and and I have memories of that I remember going as a kid and seeing like it built still being warm and like this ground kind of steaming a little bit. And I thought that was really cool. And I think uh, as a kid, I didn't know whether that was like a Disney thing or if that was uh, just what, you know, what happened <laughs> as far as science is concerned. It's like, oh, that's really cool. You know, just the image of it coming up is really nice. Um, but yeah, that's a very, especially with how much it rains there, that's a very distinct one. That's actually making me think of a going there as a kid too, which is fun. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned the steam because I don't really, I don't process that anymore, but that is definitely a thing. <laughs> I actually have a candle called Afternoon Storm that is the smell. And I know I'm not crazy because somebody bought it recently and I got an email, they gifted it. And they said that the person they gifted to opened it and started to cry. Oh. <laughs> and she said, that's not the smell of, and she didn't tell her what it was even. She just had her smell it. And she said, that's not the smell of rain. That's the smell of rain on vacation. Oh, um, which like, it's like those moments are the best. But yeah, I just I remember like reading that and thinking like, all right, I'm not crazy. <laughs> it's not just me. <laughs> I do love your afternoon storm sense. It's uh, I have the, I think that was one you gifted to me, but I have the yeah. the uh, essential oil. And so if I, I think your, your candles in general, which we're, we're definitely going to weave into this conversation, at least I'm going to many times are, especially now that I haven't been to the parks in 
by the time this episode airs, it will be over a year. Um, it, it's testing my my uh, my patience to get back, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it, I certainly uh, it triggers memories and and it could bring some tears to my eyes. Um, but Philander, what do you have? Uh, what do you have first up? I imagine rain in California is not one of them. No, not that. Um, so I I did a unique one from uh, my first one, just to start off on the oddball. Uh, and there is a very unique smell in Indiana Jones Adventure of the tires and the, <laughs> the hydraulic fluid and the grease that go on the tires that I am very, that I, is such a trigger, uh, mainly because of how many times I've been on that attraction when it's gone down. And you don't smell it nearly as often um, when the ride is in motion, just because of the speed and whatnot. But if you ever get stopped on it, it's like a very strong smell. And the grease is uh, that they put on the tires that have them go and not like, you know, burn out often. It's like such a strong, unique smell. And it's funny on a shift where I had where I worked in Lost and Found, occasionally when people drop stuff off of Indiana Jones, it gets run over by the vehicles. So you got like this like huge grease tire tread over like a backpack or a hat, you know, and it's, no. such, a, it's such a unique smell. And I spend so much time in that building, obviously, because it's indie and people love that attraction so much. Um, and you can smell it in the probably the best place to smell without getting stopped is actually in the load unloaded area, but it's such a distinct, uh, smell. Cause it also, I think mixes with the building as well. Uh, I don't think it's like a good smell. <laughs> like, I do. <laughs> I don't think Lisa should make a candle out of it, but, um, but it's, it's such a unique smell and it brings back a lots of memories of not any one specific moment, but usually I think of a lot of, um, a lot of my memories with attractions are tied with doing them with families when they experience them for the first time, which is always a big deal just because you only get one first time on an attraction and you always hope that it's going to be like a very special one. And I have those very strong memories of, you know, it's kids or families and they've never done it before. And uh, I think that kind of always ties me back to um, attractions and it's definitely a weird smell. And now I, I hope that whenever you all get to go back there and do it. You kind of like think about it, but um, yeah, it's a, it's a gross smell. I wouldn't say it's gross, but it's just like one that no one I think would think about, but yeah, that tire smell, if they're sitting in the station or uh, uh, in the building when they stop the attraction is a, uh, it's unique. And it makes me think of the, yeah, those first time people like, you know, uh, I get, I say my job is really unique in the sense that I, in those moments I get to, I am almost living vicariously through people each time over and over again. So it's not so much about me doing an attraction hundreds and hundreds of times, but seeing it through somebody else's eyes. So I have a lot of strong memories attached to attractions through that. So Indy's a big one just because uh, the way people come off of it after doing it as impressive as it is, is something that always kind of sticks in my mind. It's not only on my list, it's also one I agree with you is a pleasant smell, <laughs> although it's not, I think outside of Disney, it wouldn't be quite as pleasant to your point, but it's the, it's a shared smell too. So for those who are maybe not local to Disneyland who haven't been, it's the same scent as dinosaur mm -hmm. at Walt Disney World. So it's that you're right. The, the smell of the, the grease on the tires, the, the tires themselves, the hydraulics that are on the attraction. And it's very powerful when you exit the pre-show of dinosaur or Indiana Jones adventure and you enter into the load area. Um, it's, it's, it was definitely one on my list. Yes. 
Um, so you, you've already stolen one. This is a recurring theme that you, <laughs> regardless of how odd I make my answers, you always tend to steal them, Philander, <laughs> but that, that's why we get along so well. Uh, I'm going to go to one that, you know what, I'm going to start with probably my favorite. I, I sometimes change up the order, but it's a new and meaningful smell to me. And it's an attraction that has a lot of sense. So I feel like it's going to come up a few times, perhaps if not, I will come back to it, but flight of passage at Disney's animal kingdom. I've said before, it's one of my favorite experiences. It, it, when it came out, became my new favorite attraction at Disney only to be surpassed by star Wars rise of the resistance when that came out last year. But the, Sense that are there make the experience. I think there are there. You know, the Imagineers always work really hard to incorporate the right sense into experiences to not only help us remember them better, but also they add to and heighten the experience that we perceive from what we're seeing, and what we're hearing, and what we're feeling. And Flight of Passage by itself, if you take out the sense as an emotional experience, when you add in the sense, it creates even more emotions. There's a, a you know, even just the scent of the cue has is very distinct. But for me, my favorite one is, and this is going to sound like a repeat of the Disney Illusions conversation, Philander, that you'll recognize. So when it, it's it's the cave scene, and it's mm-hmm. that moment that you you know you just escaped uh, the grips of that Leonopteryx, you've just gotten right into that cave, and you it's that moment of pause, which is so unique for a thrill ride to have a moment a break a 30 second break in the middle of the attraction and sure the vehicles are still moving a little bit and there's some there's some kinetic energy happening but it's all about in that moment just lisa was talking about earlier being present i think it's the one time that a thrill ride allows us to truly be present and to soak in what we're seeing and what we're hearing it's the first time we start to hear the score from avatar um just kind of fade into the the audio before that was all just very much the the sounds of uh, of the land um and that particular smell of the cave is it's it's floral it's fresh it's pleasant and it's a scent that lisa captured so well with her candle the grand um and i it is truly my favorite candle it's almost done i need to get a refill but the uh it is one of my favorite smells at Disney. It might be my new favorite smell at Disney since it first, uh, since Avatar Flight of Passage first opened. So um, for me, it's one that I could, I could almost say I ride Flight of Passage just to experience <laughs> that smell and that scene um, of, of presence. It's almost like a 30 second meditation in the middle of a thrill ride. <laughs> so Matt, that's no surprise, of course. That's sure. <laughs> You're number one. Um, I know how much you love that. And they're so smart, right? The Imagineers are so smart to put that moment on that attraction. Because like you said, it's one of the few times on a thrill ride anywhere, much less at Disney, where you get like that moment just of stop and you can feel him breathing under you and just see and and soak it all in in that moment and kind of kind of like process what you've just been through and then experience a little bit again before it ends. Um, and Brody has talked about the smells on that attraction. Like you said, we'll be coming back to at least one, one more smell. Um, but the way that they do it, there's like a number of different scents that they bring in on that attraction. And rather than, you know, like maybe on 
Soren or something where you're getting like these individual whiffs of different things. They actually take the same smell set and pump it in in different mixes throughout the whole thing to kind of unify the ride as a whole. Um, so yeah, I certainly was not going to take that one from you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. That's also why I had to start with it. The others will, uh, I'm okay with sharing and and uh, I, I already knew we would have some overlaps, but that was one that I had to just jump right in right away because I knew it was, it was absolutely my favorite. Um, so anyway, but yeah, Lisa, that's a great point about the, the, that particular attraction, you're right. The way they, the whole experience is meant to be a, a unifying experience. And I have done an episode on flight of passage, but it was way back and it was something that I want to revisit just to do it a little differently. Um, with a lot more detail, there was not a lot of information when I did that episode, which tells me I need to wait years before I, before I do an attraction episode. Anyway, um, Lisa, what did you have next up? So where do I want to go next? Um, I think I'll go to something a little more obvious. This was going to be my start, but then we got into rain <laughs> things and I got pulled away. Um, but um, something a little more specific and deliberate for my second one. I think I'm going to go to um, the fall of Rome. And that is the candle I have burning. <laughs> really? Yeah, that is the one. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, the fall of Rome and uh, the burning of the Great Library of Alexandria in Egypt, um, where we thought that much of our learning was destroyed, or so we thought. Um, it's that it is the quintessential, short of maybe one thing, which I'm sure we all have on our lists. It is maybe the quintessential moment where I stop myself in my tracks and I breathe and I think you are here. Um, it's a dark room. There's just some glowing embers in front of you. It's not even a scene in and of itself. It's sort of a corner that you're turning. Um, and you're just getting the, the visual of, you know, some glowing embers and it's an older attraction. Of course, there's nothing hugely theatrical about it. Um, that might be changing in the coming couple of years, who knows? Um, but, um, you know, regardless of who your favorite narrator is, whether it's James Judy, Judy Dench or someone else, um, you know, I think for me, um, that scent, which I think is a beautiful smell. I think some people kind of joke about it um, and say like, why would you want the smell of a barbecue? And to me, it almost smells like, um, you know, you have a fireplace going, you know, your fireplace going at home. Yes. Um, but um, for me, that that falling of Rome scent um, with the burning the burning library um, is will, will forever be um, one of the moments where I most, you know, close my eyes and force myself to be present while I'm at Disney. It was on my list. I am certainly, uh, this is why I made more than 10 just because I knew if we would have some overlaps, but absolutely. It's one of those that's very early childhood memory for me. And I'm glad they've kept it all these years. There are some sense that they have gotten rid of over time, but this is one that has remained. And I think it is the, scent I already think of when I think of Spaceship Earth, um, maybe when I think of Epcot, when I think of Disney. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad we have the scents, Lisa. It's another one of those that I think is completely on point and, and brings me right back. I'm starting to, since we started the episode, I let it and now it's starting to, to make its way over to my nose now. So it's, <laughs> it's as you're talking about it, I, I remember the smell very well. But yeah, it's, it's high on my list. And of course, that was on my list. I wasn't going to, I was going to put <laughs> that and the Pandora one, but I was like, oh, I need to stick to Disney ones because I feel like the two of you are going to put a bunch of all Disney World ones on there. <laughs> Technically, I did have a Disneyland one because of the Indiana Jones adventure, but it was there are a couple that are that are dual that you can get at either place that I wanted to that I wanted to bring up. Spaceship Earth is my favorite. That is like that's another I'm here smell 
like I'm looking forward to that scene and not even like for the scene itself. Cause like Lisa said, you just kind of move on by it. It's not particularly dynamic, but your, your brain is almost anticipating the moment, you know, that, that smell like kind of brings to you. And it's just, it's such an attachment to that attraction. Um, which I like, cause I'm, I'm sure when they made it, they weren't even like, well, we should make it smell like it's burning, you know, and not yeah. think people would become so attached to it. <laughs> it's true. I do think Lisa, to your point, it is a pleasant smell. I, I, I you know, it can't be joking of, of, of there being a burning smell. Maybe that's not such a good smell, but the way that they do it, it's, it does remind me of a combination of a fireplace and a barbecue. So it's, <laughs> it's very, both those things I, I find to be pleasant. So I, <laughs> I particularly like particularly like the smell. Philander, what um, I know you said you have mostly Disneyland smells. So, what did you want to jump to next? Um, my next one I did was I need to see if they actually. I, I've never asked, which always kind of upsets me. But um, is the smell for the Grand Californian Hotel the lobby? Um, I spend a lot of time a lot of time in there, um, like uh, waiting to pick up people uh for work so that smell in there and i think it's got to be a combination of what they use to clean the carpets also but yes it's a fantastic uh smell and also where i stand in there um while working is by the the fireplace so i think it's almost potentially a mixture of the hotel lobby smell plus the fireplace at the same time um because i imagine like i would ask them like, oh, this is the smell. And then I would get the fragrance, but it wouldn't have the fireplace kind of mixed in slightly and it would be off. And it's like, oh, it's kind of it, but not at all the way. But I spend a lot of time waiting in that lobby um, since I think 90, 95% of my work days potentially could start there. Um, and that always kind of brings up the um, the thought of kind of like a new, you know, kind of like a new day at the at the parks uh and a new challenge new goals so it's kind of like to me like a a good starting smell for the day uh like a, a homey smell like uh kind of uh, i think how lisa kind of put to it like when you go through spaceship earth and that kind of moment where you take a moment to see to kind of take in your surroundings because there'll be times i could potentially be waiting there by myself and i'm not talking to anyone so it allows you to just kind of be in the moment um and really take in the kind of everyone around you at that point because in those moments i'm usually just watching i'm people watching because i'm just standing there so i'll see you know they'll have the families coming to check in uh or checking out uh people just kind of walking through there could be the piano player playing so it's, it brings up a lot of these like individual memories that all are wholesome when they are kind of put together like that and I, I swear I'm going to get that smell and it's not going to have a fireplace in it and it'll be off. I, 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 <laughs> it's, it's a mixture of the two, like 90 or maybe 80% like fragrance for a hotel lobby and then a tiny bit of fireplace like burning in it too. Um, but that's a great one for me. And I think, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure someone else, like I, I'm sure you get a little bit of it if you sit by the fireplace or people that happen to just enjoy the time in the lobby because the lobby is so gorgeous. Uh, you know, very reminiscent of Wilderness Lodge or Animal Kingdom, uh, big, massive, you know, space like that. Uh, but I am a huge fan of that one. Huge. I only wish I had spent more time on my Disneyland trips at Grand California. And the last time I was there, I did spend a lot of time there, but I 
was there during the holiday season. So the other smell that was incorporated was the Christmas tree and that overpowered in a, in a pleasant way. It, it, it was a very present sense in the, the lobby. The, the giant gingerbread house. The gingerbread house too. That's right. The both both those smells. So it smelled like Christmas with a little bit of Grand Californian undertone in the in the overall uh, scent. But I think it is very similar. If I remember to Wilderness Lodge, it's a obviously a similar theme. They both have a similar style of architecture and that grand lobby with the giant fireplace. So I'd imagine if I were to remember Grand Californian smell minus the Christmas tree, I think it is very similar to Wilderness Lodge. But there is something about the resorts that it's the first place where many people start their vacation. And after the smell of arriving in Orlando, which I didn't put on my list, but the smell of walking off the jetway um, and you get that first Florida fragrance um, in the air, that, that humid, uh, like moist air with the, we talked about after the rain, it, the smells a little more powerful, but it's the first to me, the resorts are the first scent we get that let us know that we're home and the welcome home mat in front of the resort really feels like we're home when we when we smell when those doors open and we we smell um whatever scent is coming from there which i i do have a few resorts on here and i'm i'm gonna actually go to one that is not one that lisa has yet but i'm hoping you will get to eventually and that is grandestino tower um the smell of Grandesino Tower is it's new it, right now. I think it still has that new resort smell, which is one component of it, especially when you walk into your room. It's the the new hardwood floors, the the new furnishings. It, it, that's one one scent. But it, it I've been there enough to now to to remember roughly that smell. Um, I know that when i had asked it's it's from a company that they use called scent air and the smells called hibiscus passion but it's only sold commercially and they have a consumer version of the smell that's called paradise breeze which has a similar experience and i have been trying since i found out to find that scent and they must have discontinued it for or it's not available online which is certainly a very likely option but um the resort in particular has become my new favorite place at Disney for a place to stay. It's, uh, and I've, I've shared this, if, if anyone's followed me on social media, it, I've talked about Coronado Springs totally changing since they added Grandestino Tower. I've always liked the resort and it was a great place to stay. I spent a few, I, I'd actually gone there for conferences and it was a great conference resort. There's always a lot of options at the hotel for those who are not even planning to go to the parks. There's a lot of places to dine and a lot of room to walk around, several pools. It's the only moderate resort to have a fitness center, which is another plus. Now they have two because of Grandestino Tower. But since they added that new part of the hotel, I think it has become the focal point for the resort. It has a lot of connections to Walt's. Plus the fact that when you walk into the lobby, you see the giant artistic uh, Salvador Dali style uh, photo of of Walt and Mickey. And the um, the Spanish architecture, the... Barcelona lounge downstairs, Toledo upstairs in the Dahlia lounge and the whole energy of the resort. I think the smell, which is very much like a desert flower type of smell, adds to the feeling of being in the Southwest or in Central America in this um, vibrant Spanish inspired type of resort. So for me, it's become a favorite place to stay. 
And now when I walk, when those doors open and I walk inside and I smell that hibiscus passion smell, it is a reminder that I am, I'm home and I'm in one of my favorite places. So that was one I had to put on my list for resorts. Ooh, you, uh, I still have yet to go into Grandestino, but every time you talk about it, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, (laughs) (laughs) I need to like, (laughs) I need to go into it. It's like a moderate premium is is how I, I put it. It's it's not quite, it feels like a deluxe resort, but they price it in such a way that it's somewhere between moderate and deluxe. So you, I think it's the best value on property. Yeah, I think you're very much not alone in that opinion. And some, <laughs> I know like some people that I know that are very much um, into higher end experiences, so to speak, um, and normally would not go moderate at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually their favorite now. And it's it's a stunning stunning building, and the um, the dining experience is there. Uh, Matt, hopefully you've you've been. Um, I have been to a couple of Tule. Actually, I've been to every place. Oh, yeah. I think I've been to every restaurant there now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, even like the lounges inside and stuff are beautiful. Um, but yeah, Toledo is incredible. Um, there's another new resort that we might mention in this yeah. conversation <laughs> as well. It has some great dining experiences, but yeah, Grandestino is is up there for, for me as well. Awesome. Lisa, do you have another resort on your list or would you like to jump to something totally different? Well, you're just lobbing softball after softball. <laughs> Somebody's got to say it. Right? <laughs> so let's you, just, you can go for it. <laughs> let's just address the elephant in the room. Um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 we're talking about resorts, right? So we've got to, we got to talk about it before we move on. Um, so there is a smell at Walt Disney World. Um, that is very specific um, and very well-defined. Um, that is, to me, it's it's so widely used um, throughout resorts and parks that to me it is the iconic smell of Disney. I smell it and it is Disney World. Um, it's the smell that I was constantly trying to replicate. Like I would be in random stores like sniffing air fresheners trying to, is this it, is this it? Um, and it's a scent that um, I will say very openly, because I went through some stuff <laughs> before I moved here, <laughs> that I would try to replicate um, in my home when I missed Disney. But it's so Disney to me that sometimes I would smell it and it would like break my heart a little. Yeah. Um, almost like listening to Illuminations music now. <laughs> I feel you. <ya. laughs> so we all know. Uh, of course, it is, it is that sea air smell. Um, and Disney actually very deliberately uses it. They use it. Um, if you've ever walked into the contemporary lobby and gotten a gust of air and felt like you were home or be like tower or beach club or yacht club. Um, it is the smell of flying over Fiji on Soren. It is very, very heavily incorporated as we alluded to earlier um, on flight of passage, but um, it's almost the smell that nobody wants to start with because it's too obvious <laughs> and I'm sure yeah. it's on everybody's list. Um, but it, at the same time, like obvious answer or not, like it is the smell of Disney to me. Um, and it is the smell I missed when I was away from here and was yearning for it. Um, and it's just that it's that fresh sea air scent. I have it on my list. So it's another one. I think every, every one of them, except the rain, I didn't put on my list, but everything so far we've talked about has, has been there. And that's one that absolutely transports me back. I think Lisa, you're uh, you've done an amazing job of replicating that smell. So I will say that your attempts to replicate it are, um, are definitely on point now with ocean flight. I think it is very reminiscent of, uh, of, to me, that smell of entering into the beach club or into the contemporary or flying over Fiji or flying over the oceans of 
Pandora and is one that instantly brings me back home. It's a pleasant, fresh smell. And I think those who not even remember going to Disney or never went to Disney, it's something that you can gift as a candle to somebody else and they'll just enjoy it for the smell that it is. So yeah, I think Disney's very smart in incorporating it into so many different places because of its pleasant beauty and um, serenity and its ability to help us remember our times back at, at Disney in a very pleasant way. So I'll have to agree with you there. And it's, it's definitely one that was on my list. Yeah. It almost does it. You almost don't want to say it because it smells good, right? Yeah. Like it's like, it's no good anywhere. It's sort of an objectively nice scent. So it's not like you don't need to like to be a huge, like you have to be a like deep in on the Disney fandom to like have tire tracks bring you back. Right. But I think anybody who smelled ocean flight would be like, Oh yeah, it smells good. <laughs> but it, but it, you know, it's so deliberately used throughout the parks. And I think it just calls, calls so many different locations back for people. Um, but yeah. I mean, it is what it is. It's, it's definitely a powerful one, but, uh, I'm, I'm glad you have it available. Uh, it's like I said, one that I burn often and it's, uh, definitely one that as soon as I get back to Disney, I, I remember and it brings me right back. I knew this conversation was going to make, not being at Disney for a while hard, but uh, it's still it's still one that I enjoy having. So um, that's a great answer, though. Philander, let's go let's go back to you. Uh, next one for me is, I guess you can smell this anywhere, but I know Disney makes a very unique type of uh, scent for it, and then they sell it obviously. But it's the um, <laughs> the Jack Jack Cookie Num Num Brown yes. Butter Smell <laughs> on the <credit> Coaster. <laughs> <laughs> you only get like a you only get a quick whiff of it and i and it's interesting the way that the attraction is because obviously the tallest hill is where you get that smell of uh mr incredible offering it to jack jack and you actually don't even really get it if you're sitting towards the back of the train because it it, it goes forward too quickly but if you're in the front half of it you get that strong cookie smell of him you know saying cookie you know to to jack jack and of course they sell the cookie when you get off the attraction, like right there, which doesn't help. So you come out and <laughs> that it's like this delicious, like warm brown butter cookie. And of course they heat it up for you as opposed to just selling you a cookie straight out, which mm -hmm. makes it even that much better. And it's thick and oh, it's that whole area smells like it, which is funny because I don't, I don't think that's was ever the, the intent per se but the way the wind just blows out on that pier area makes that entire like <laughs> space by the coaster smell like a cookie um and then you get it up there uh in the attraction as well and it's such a fantastic cookie and it even though i don't buy it every time and then sometimes i can't do to me be working i always want to eat that cookie after smelling that smell and it's such a it's like so on point um that you're getting the exact same smell. Cause I know while I don't know as much about crafting smells for candles, the fact that they can get that smell to match that cookie that well, uh, always amazes me. Cause you, you come off and right at the exit, literally right at the exit, like you can't escape it. It's right there. And the, just the, the process of them making the cookie, um, the smell of it wafts out as your people are looking at their photos and coming off all excited. And there's usually a little line for it because it's, you know, they got you, you know, I think no, no different than how Lisa brought up the, you know, the smell and the waffle smell and, and things like that. Like they, the, there's intent there and they, they get people every time 
and at least and the cookie's good too thankfully like sometimes i know you can get a smell of like food and the the, the smell may taste like smells better than the food itself but this is one where it's like a a solid match I'd have to agree. I think it's another example of Disney incorporating a weird smell for a thrill ride. And <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's the one case where you go on a roller coaster and what do you think of the smell of chocolate chip cookies? It's not, it's not, a con- there's not a common, uh, you know, relationship between those two things, except for the Incredibles theming and that ties it together. But mm-hmm. the smell of the cookie itself, if you're just at Disney's Hollywood studios, and you want to get a num num cookie, or at Disneyland, and and want to get a num num cookie. That in itself is great. And then, in fact, they have it on the Incredicoaster. You're right; is <laughs> brilliant. You smell it right as you're going up the lift before you go up down the main drop, and then you get off and you smell it again. It's almost like it's been planted in your brain that now that you're off the attraction, <laughs> you want a cookie too. <laughs> they it's are so delicious because it's in the the scream tubes, so it's not like yes. you're in open air. You you probably wouldn't smell it nearly as much, but it's like almost like the smell is just kind of rolling in that space. Uh, so you, it's, it's like almost unavoidable. I, you, there's definitely moments where you're in the back, like I said, you don't get it at all or you get it so quickly that I've asked people and they're like, oh, I didn't smell it at all. Um, but if you're in the front and you get some time to spend in there, yeah, it's uh, it's it's strong. And the way and, and the, the area that they put it is really amazing. Like, I'm not sure how well you can recall that attraction in your head, but when you first go in the lift hill in the scream tube, you see um, Mrs. Incredible and Jack-Jack, but you don't smell the cookie smell until right at Mr. Incredible. And I, it's pretty neat because you'd assume that the smell would travel down that tube and be there the moment you walked in, but it's only at that part. And I appreciate whatever they do to, to kind of hold it in that space because that's legitimately where he's offering the cookie as opposed to the whole tube or like you could say Spaceship Earth. Oh, like I smell that that the burning Rome smell through the whole ride. Um, but they've like kind of localized it to this one spot. And I think that's a, there's a skill in that so that, you know, just like, Oh, I don't smell it. The, you know, the entire length of spaceship earth, the burning Rome smell. I think being outside helps too. Yep. That probably helps to isolate it. So that's that one spot. I'll stick with food. I, I, there's, there's not a lot that I have on here for food because when I think about the, experiences at Disney food is not something that is unique to going to Disney. And there are experience, like even chocolate chip cookies, there's something about particularly the num num cookie that's great, but I can go down the road and, and get a, a really solid chocolate chip cookie or bake them at home. And it's a very similar experience, but there's one for me, technically two, but I'm going to go with one of them. There's one scent that's really more of a medley of smells that is reminiscent of all of my Disney vacations growing up. And that's the smell of the buffet breakfasts that you can get. And usually character dining, but even if it's not, the the smell of uh, 1900 Park Fair or BOMA or mm. in the case of, of Disneyland, Goofy's Kitchen, um, or, or sorry, not Goofy's, yeah, Goofy's Kitchen or in Walt Disney World, Chef Mickey's. Oh, it's Chef Goofy's in Disneyland, right? I'm trying to remember. I think it's Chef Goofy's. Yeah, at uh, Goofy's Kitchen and then... Uh, Chef Mickey's. Chef Mickey's, right. Goofy's Kitchen. So I had it right the first time. I was doubting myself all of a sudden. So yeah, Goofy's <laughs> Kitchen, Chef Mickey's, um, any of the, even Boma, uh, there's a lot of those. It's the smell of Mickey waffles, meats, scrambled eggs, bacon, sausage, coffee, 
pog juice, orange mm-hmm. juice, and and the resort smell that is very, I think, reminiscent of all of my vacations. And it's again, like I I can get a breakfast medley smell somewhere else too, but there's something about when you combine it with the resort smells at Disney that reminds you that you're at a Disney breakfast, whether that's at a character breakfast or at a standard um, buffet breakfast somewhere else. But that for me has always been a very powerful trigger of memories. And whether now we go to, even when we go to the Grand Floridian Cafe, which has been a, a new favorite, it's such a pleasant way to start the morning. <laughs> um, breakfast at Disney in general are, are such a great way to start the day, uh, especially at a resort. But uh, something about that smell, um, I, can, I can literally, it's one of the strongest memory sense that I have. I can, even though I'm not even near anything that's like that, I, I can easily remember what that smells like. So it's always been a, a pleasant and powerful and positive memory for me. Amazing. Cause it all smells the same too. Like I feel like breakfast buffets, great. Like some of them are cooking largely the same things, but some of them have unique offerings on their own, but it's still the same smell. Like you said that you triggered <laughs> that memory me right now. When you said the coffee, the waffles, the eggs, you know, the juice, and then you get a little hotel smell, especially at Boma. Cause I, I adore Boma so much, but that smell is so unique that like just breakfast smell. <laughs> of like all these things coming together that's a that's a really good one this is going to be the last that's going to be the last normal smell i'm going to do after this (laughs) it's all it's all weird so (laughs) brace yourselves for that it's all stinky after this uh yeah lisa what is uh what is next up for you so i was gonna go somewhere else i was gonna get really stinky but i'm gonna shift gears based on what you just said. Um, So um, as a Disney World local, the whole buffet thing is a little, little bit of a, a little bit of a gut wrench right now because um, buffets, may they rest in peace. I don't know when they'll be back. Um, Flannery mentioned Boma. Boma is my favorite buffet on property, one of my favorite restaurants on property. It's it's mine too. We're all all in agreement. Um, We traditionally do Christmas Eve there every year. Uh, We always do an early brunch on Christmas Eve at Boma so that we can kind of go home and chill for the rest of the day. Christmas Day, we don't leave the house, but um, we have always done Boma on Christmas Eve as a family. So not being able, having to find a replacement for that this year was tough. Um, Liberty Tree didn't quite measure up to my Boma memories. Yeah. It's good. But yeah, um, but so um, like I said, I was going to go somewhere else, but, um, you know, seeing as I just kind of talked a little bit about the ocean and then we've been talking about buffets, um, I'm going to take it pretty far left of field. I'm going to leave the parks completely. Um, I'm going to leave land completely. Um, and I'm going to take us very briefly onto DCL um, because on my list also was the smell of breakfast on the deck at Cabana's. Um, you know, in, in the mornings on a, on a Disney cruise. Um, and it's such a mashup of so many of the things that we've been talking about. Um, it is that familiar buffet smell that in, in and of itself is obviously a little bit different because the DCL offerings are a little bit different and the spaces is, is different and it's a little bit more sterile, which adds, um, adds something to it as well. Um, but there's just, there's that smell and that, that it's like that anticipation of the day that's to come um, early in the morning with your family. Um, I, we always, you know, we'll get our breakfast at Cabana's 
And I'll usually do a seated breakfast. We always get our breakfast at Cabanas in the morning, um, played up just like you would at any any Disney buffet. Again, may they rest in peace. Yeah. Um, and we'll, I don't. We don't really know what's coming when DCL comes back as far as what meals meals will be like. But still, that it's that that scent that regular buffet scent that Mickey waffle and maple syrup and coffee and bacon and pog juice and all those sort of things mixed together. Um, but then you walk it out onto the deck, and then all of a sudden that's combined with the ocean air. Um, and the, the boat's moving and you can kind of see the, um, you're on the back the back of the boat. So you can kind of see the, the ocean foaming behind you as you're, you're moving away. Um, our first Disney cruise was actually Alaska. So heck of oh, a way wow. to start. Wow. Um, but we were on, on the wonder in Alaska. So to me, it also will be forever tied to kind of watching whales jump in the ocean and, um, and all the amazing things that went along with that cruise. But, um, it's, it kind of, it, it's, it's that same Disney buffet, smell, but needless to say, um, kind of amped up um, in the ocean air on the back of that ship, like wondering what's to come for the day. It's a different combination of flavor of flavors of smells for sure when you add in the ocean air. And I know it's a it's a bit of a, a, a sin that I haven't done the Disney Cruise Line before. And part of that's just because of my aversion for seasickness. And I know that there's a lot of things you could do to help prevent that, but it's always been a, a fear of mine to, to jump onto a ship and not feel well and be confined to my cabin, wishing that I'd breach land. So um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, I'll have to do, and I, I've know people have said like, just do like a one day or a two day just to kind of get your feet wet and you'll find that it's not worth, uh, it's not worth worrying about and that even those who get seasick manage to be just fine. But um, yeah, I've had some bad seasickness experiences so just the thought of getting on any ship or boat is always one that fills me with anxiety so it's not something i've done before i haven't it's not just disney cruise line i haven't done any cruise period on any ship i avoid water where i can so <laughs> um yeah. but i can imagine the the first of all the only cruise i would do is disney cruise line and second of all i already know that the experience because everyone who's done it before has had amazing things to say so I can only imagine the sense being a very powerful and positive memory to trigger back to those cruise line experiences. That's a great one, Lisa. I uh, just realized now I don't eat when I've done the ones that I've done. I've never had a the sit down breakfast. Also, it's just cabanas just seems like the right thing to do. Why? Why would you, yeah, like I, why would you do anything else? You appreciate the the aspect of getting it and sitting outside or yeah, I just, yeah, the same thing for me. Um, oh, that's, I, I miss cruise line the most right now. <laughs> that's a, that's a good trigger for me. Um, yeah, there's, that's this, that like outside that breeze, that sea air kind of with the food. Yeah, it's, that's a great one. That's like a just a huge cacophony of all these different elements. Yeah, it brings so many things together that we've been talking about. Um, yeah. So many things, the moments and the buffet and the ocean. And um, it's funny, I always joke that one of the best things about moving to Disney is that I now travel elsewhere. Because <laughs> <laughs> I used to miss Disney so much that every time I could get away from work, we would like run down here if it was for a weekend or a week or whatever it was. And now that we live here, it's like, oh, like I can see the world. <laughs> or hop on a cruise or whatever so we've definitely indulged that um it's, it's funny like you say that living it one of the best things about living at disney is going, going elsewhere. 
your vacations extend beyond Disney. Yeah, we obviously yeah. go, we go to Disney more than any place else. And yeah, yeah. once every couple of years, we'll throw in someplace else, but it's, it's definitely always Disney. Um, yeah. Flander, what do you have up next? Um, I actually realized I did have one um, Walt Disney World one. And this was very similar to Lisa's uh, description of like a I've made it type smell. And it's a little of it's a sore spot one, but it's the way that the um, <laughs> the magical express bus smells um, that like I I'm a, it's got to be just the the cleaning product for I'm assuming <laughs> the, the chairs you know like they have that that, that that fabric that's on the chairs but wow like that's such a unique like uh, I'm here I I made it. And then you sit with it like, you know, it's like, what, a 30 minute bus ride. So it's it, it, it's it kind of stays with you for a while. It's not a very fast smell where it comes and goes. And it has such a strong association with the start of a of a probably soon to be fantastic trip. But that one and whatever they use, but it's such a very distinct from the moment you step in there. Um, and it's always really prevalent because I'm only naturally assuming that Disney cleans the buses often because, of course, they do. But. It's such an it's uh, it's such a strong association with, you know, you're off the plane, you made it, you're sitting down on the bus, you know, you're headed off to your hotel, wherever whichever one it may be, and that's a real, real good one for me where I kind of almost sit with it, and like Lisa said, take in the moment that I've sat down, and you're kind of like you're in Disney's hands, and they're you know, you're taking you off to your hotel and they've got the stuff playing on the TV, you know, you know, you feel relaxed because the plane ride is the plane ride. You know, they're never like fantastic, I would say, because especially not where I'm coming from, which is California. So that's a long flight, like five hours. So getting to sit down on that bus, stretch your legs and you've made it through what is largely the, you know, the quote unquote most difficult part of the trip which is like lugging the luggage to the you know to the airport then lugging it to the bus now you've kind of in your final relaxing mode at that at that moment um and that one's a good one for me like that's that's one i'll that's one that i'll miss you know that that magical ex uh, express bus smell that's a good candle <laughs> i need to Coach work bus. on that one that'll be a good yeah, i don't um, know what they use to clean that bus but Limited amount of time to do research on that. It's funny that that wasn't on my list, but as soon as you said it, like my heart jumped. <laughs> like I can, I can feel it. Like I can smell it. When as you were saying it, I could smell mm -hmm. it. Yeah, yeah. It's a very distinct smell. It's definitely one that makes you feel like you've arrived at the at the start of your vacation. Now, a lot of people say it starts when you leave your house or you plan your trip or you reach the airport. But for me, it's always. The magical express is really that start of the the vacation um all right i i i've said that i have some some odd ones on here so <laughs> i'm gonna go to one of them the so i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a generic name it is the smell of future world at epcot mm. there is something about the i am pretty sure it's the buildings themselves in future world and i know that future world now smells a little more like a construction zone as it's transforming into what it's going to inevitably be um, with the reshaping of, of future world but thinking back to most of my disney trips especially when you walk past i think it's strongest when you walk past interventions and the doors 
the automatic doors to interventions open. It's this combination of the smell of the air conditioning in the buildings in Disney, the smell of the carpet and whatever they use uh, to clean the carpets themselves. It's the smell of the Fountain of Nations, rest in peace. It's the smell of the... Um, if you're walking into the land pavilion, you've got the combination of the, again, the carpet, the air conditioning that the water features that are outside, plus the smell of sunshine seasons on the first floor. But it's this very specific combination of multiple scents that are only present in future world that I was thinking maybe I would just say interventions or I would just say the seas or just say the land because the land is still my favorite pavilion at Epcot. But it, it is that uh, whatever they used to clean the carpets, Philander, to your point, is is a very strong um, memory or, or acts as a strong memory for me. And uh, I know that I'm an Epcot. You could, you could just plant me there in front of an automatic door in Epcot and blindfold me and cover my ears with noise-canceling headphones so I don't hear the music. And I would still know I'm in Future World just by that combination of smells that's present through those breezeways. Um or those former breezeways that have caught and the uh, entrances to interventions and, and the land. So that was one of those weird ones that um, I wasn't sure if either one of you would have on the list, but was one that was very powerful for me in my, my early memories going to, uh, to Epcot. So. That's a good one. I, uh, I hope it still smells like that after they, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it'll change except maybe the lands. The land yeah. will probably end up smelling the same way. Mm. It's the old, the old Epcot smell. So I have actually, now that I'm looking at my list, um, and I know we're not going to probably get to all of them, but I have uh, several Epcot ones in here. So, uh, but I thought that, that was the most unique or the most, uh, <laughs> the most different that I, I thought maybe not everybody would have. So. Lisa, let's, uh, let's throw it back to you. Do you have any at Epcot or, do you have a, where you can go wherever you want for this one. No, I'm laughing because, um, do I have any at Epcot is sort of, <laughs> when you said, you it, I was like, Oh, then I'll go to blank next. And I looked at my list and I realized there are three distinct things I could very, very easily follow up on because they are all future world. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I recently talked with somebody about music in future world. Um, and I, I know who you spoke about it with because I listened to that episode and enjoy it, it thoroughly. <laughs> yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about then. And the music of Future World um, was a three-hour conversation. Um, and the smells of Future World could similarly be, I think, a three-hour conversation. And Probably. Uh, <laughs> probably why Epcot is so subconsciously ingrained in us <laughs> is that they've been so smart about these sounds and these smells, right? Um, so... Um, like I said, there are, there are three places I could go next. You could probably guess all three of them. Um, and I think, hmm. All right. So where I am going to go, I'm going to go a little quirky because I've been a little, everything has smelled really good that I've been talking about the last few. Um, so um, there was attraction that we all probably knew and loved more so in its older form um, that I think probably... I'm guessing its days are probably limited. I think it's probably going another way sometime soon. Um, of course, Journey into Imagination. Um, there is a scene on that attraction. I have two sons. I have a 10-year-old and I have a, my younger son just turned eight. My 10-year-old was terrified 
of Journey into Imagination. <laughs> Is it because of the last so scene? <laughs> that too. Oh God, that didn't help. But it's funny. He will, the, the child, he will ride rock and roller coaster, like not to talk about the dark place in the shadows that's 30 minutes away, but like there are coasters there that he will ride with his eyes closed where I thought CPS <laughs> was going to call me because I let him on. He wrote, the, he wrote the Hulk at Universal and I was like, oh my God, are you okay afterwards? And he said, that was too short. Um, so the child doesn't get scared <laughs> easily. Um, but he was terrified of journey into imagination. And I didn't know why for the longest time. And finally we figured out that he was scared to death of the skunk smell. Obviously, you know, as we all know, the, you know, yes. the slot machine rolls and it lands on skunk every time we never get anything better. Uh, <laughs> never never the rose, never yeah, the rose. <laughs> we never get the rose, we never get the mint, we never get any other stuff that's supposedly in those tubes. Um, we always get that gust of smoky skunk in our faces. Um, and, um, and my son was scared to death of it. And we were, um, getting on it one time because I'm that mom and we were riding, <laughs> we were riding it anyway. And my son was, you know, expressing his distaste for my choice. And one of the cast members who was working there saw him and said, you know, why are you scared? And he said what it was. And the cast member said to him next time, this time when you ride it, breathe in because what it actually is is burnt coffee. And ever since my son has been fine. Yep. Ever since this cat, this God bless this cast member. Cause I, he, <laughs> he loves imagination now. Um, that stinky skunk smell is actually the smell of burnt coffee, which actually obviously is a very unpleasant smell, but it's not the same as feeling like there's a skunk in your face. Um, and ever since then, he's been totally fine on imagination. So obviously, you know, for all the right reasons, all the obvious reasons, you know, I associate that icky smell with something great because we're on imagination, of course. Um, but now I have that sort of pleasant memory of the cast member taking the time with my son who's scared of nothing and was terrified of the smell, um, explaining to him what it was. So, um, so that's on my list for that reason. I find the smell slightly pleasant. I don't know if I'd want a candle for it, but because I, I'm such a coffee lover, even if it is burned coffee, I am okay. I'm perfectly okay with that smell. Once I learned the same thing, I used to not, I, I was never afraid of it. By the time I was old enough that that attraction changed to what it is, the skunk smell is not something, skunk smells not something I would have been scared of, but I was always not happy with walking into or moving into a room and then having a skunk smell in my face. But then once I did hear the same thing that it was burned coffee, it totally changed my perception of that scent. It's amazing <laughs> what, what an active imagination can do <laughs> mm -hmm. to make us happy with the smell or, uh, or unhappy with the smell. So I, I empathize with your son completely <laughs> since I learned it's, it's burned coffee. It's, uh, it's not a favorite, but it's, it's one that I associate with the attraction and, and come to look forward to. Philander, are there any in Disneyland that stand out to you? Because I know you said you mostly have Disneyland at your list that are um, kind of like we're talking about Epcot, very iconic, that bring you back to some pleasant memories at Disneyland or unique combinations of smells that you can only get out at the parks. Yeah, this is a, my next one was a really unique one. Um, and trying to find one that was very, very specific, uh, like Future World. You know, you're not going to smell that any at any other Disney park. That's like specific to epcot um but the way this the way the final scene of uh, mr toad's wild ride is when you're in hell so that room is hot obviously and the way 
because it's kept hot, I think it's the way the heat is making the room smell um, is really, really unique. Uh, and you're not in it that long, but it's almost like uh, being in a room that's like stuffy and whatever paint or material is used for the design of the, you know, the, the space itself, whatever that is like heated and warmed up has a, such a very strong, unique smell. And it's not a bad smell. I think I, it's not one you maybe want to can a lot of, but, <laughs> but <laughs> it's such a unique smell. Um, and I didn't get a time to actively appreciate it till I was on it and it stopped there. Um, and you just kind of, and I sat there maybe for about two minutes uh, before it started up again, but it's like a, um, God, I'm trying to think if I can think of a, a smell. I'm trying to remember it too. I've been on Mr. Toad's Wild Ride a few times out there, but uh... it's it's because it, it's not bad. Because I want to say it's not like a burning smell, like a burnt smell, but it's like a um, uh, like charred or smoky. Yeah, maybe like a charred smoky or like a, like if you kind of maybe warmed up. Because uh, I'm I'm I want to say like warmed up, like like paint that's warm but that's like almost paint is too strong of a smell like i think that would make you like sick um god it's so hard to smell like to to describe but it's like it's a it's a very unique smell to mr toad and you don't smell it any other part of the ride because they keep that part at the end hot because you're you know you're supposed to be in hell at the end but um and it's like uh clothes have the um the doors, you know, that open you into that scene and open you out into the unload for the attraction. So it's kind of like contained in that spot that's right there. Um, but yeah, oh, I, I can't. I need to smell it again. <laughs> well, so in your defense, like, it has been several months since you've been able to to smell <laughs> that. So, eat one you can easily forget. <laughs> but yeah, it's very unique to that. And I'm trying to think of another attraction where they make it hot. Um, but I can't think of any where it's like this room is hot specifically for the, for story purposes. Um, but yeah, that one is a very unique one. And it's just, I think the, whatever like heat or air they have on in there, that's it's, and it's making the the smell of the material used. Like it's kind of like uh, getting a different smell out of it. As opposed to if that room was cold, you probably wouldn't smell it at all. Or if there was no heat on it at all. I can it tell is you very one. slightly chemical, like very slightly like chemical though, right? I mean, I yeah. I haven't been on Mr. Toads in a lot since the last D twenty three. That was the last time I was in Disneyland, um, and I always and my brain is probably playing with me. It's probably way off, but like <laughs> when my my heat doesn't run very often in my house here in, in Florida, obviously, but when it does kick on, it's sort of got that like, oh yeah, I'm still here <laughs> kind of smell, to it. <laughs> and it reminds me of being in that room. And I, I, like I said, I could be completely misremembering it, but it's like, it's like when the heat's been off for a long time and it like kicks on in my house for the first time in a while, there's like a smell to it that I can't identify, but it always takes me, it makes me think of that. I don't know if it's right or not. But That's a good way of looking at that. Oh, I mean, when you said paint warmed up, it made me think, oh, maybe I am not misremembering it completely. Cause it's, it's not chemical, but it's almost mm -hmm. like, chemical I don't know. yeah yeah it's almost like uh running the heat in a freshly painted room it's mm -hmm. it's that that combination of smells i i unfortunately know all too well what the heat smells like it has been on 24 7 for weeks now so. <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair i actually 
although I am not a fan of the cold, I do enjoy um, the heat inside in in the winter months. It's something very pleasant about that. Very uh, cozy about about being snuggled up inside and in, in the heat when it's when it's cold and snowy outside. So sort of going out, it's it's it could be definitely a pleasant smell. <laughs> uh, oh. All right, we we've talked about a couple that are iconic. I have a couple of again odd ones in here, but I, I do want to go to an iconic one that unfortunately you can't get anymore, and it's one that I am upset that you can't really smell anymore. Mm-hmm. And the only and it's 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 I have two pleasant memories from it in particular. Um, well, you can get it technically because Lisa has it, but it's the orange grove smell, and it's iconic from anyone who grew up in the 90s will, or the 90s and the 2000s will remember it from Soren. It was the orange grove smell in Soren over California. If it's East Coast or West Coast, it was there at, at Disneyland as well. Of course, when they changed Soren over California to Soren around the world, the orange groves were replaced with other very pleasant smells <clears throat> that including, including the Fiji smell. But for those who grew up like me and remember horizons from the late eighties and the early to mid nineties and the late nineties, technically uh, up until test track opened the orange grove smell was, I believe Mesa Verde. It was as that scene on horizons, but it was technically originally from there. And then I was so happy when they repurposed the smell from Soren because horizons was probably my favorite experience at Epcot from, um, although it wasn't an opening day attraction, I still consider part of the original, uh, experience, original attractions at Epcot and then smelling it again on Soren, my memories sort of shifted to then that becoming a pleasant memory of, of Soren. And I wish they would find another way. And I could be missing something that I'm just not remembering that smell being somewhere else, but I wish they could bring that orange grove scent back in some way to some attraction, even if it doesn't make sense, just incorporate it into honestly a resort lobby or a, or a shop just so I can go in there and get my, my, uh, you know, even, even if they put it by the, um, sun, sunshine tree terrace for, um, orange bird, just something to get that smell back would be great. But it was one that I felt there were a couple on here that I think a lot of Disney fans who might not go back, not, might not go to the parks as often as we do would still, remember um so I, I i always love that orange grove smell it was my favorite part of soren it's amazing uh how iconic that smell has has become um there was there's a tour experience that we offered at disneyland that um allowed guests to we took them underneath uh, or showed them how soren worked uh so we had the customers of the attraction walk them underneath it so they got to see how it worked and the big screen and all that, but towards the end of it, we took them into one of the rooms and they have all of the individual smells or the six smells, the three original from Soren and the three from uh, the California, the three from world. And they got to smell the, the pure, you know, hunk of it, as opposed to, you know, the, the, the way it's kind of like sprayed towards you with the attraction. And that's always like a huge highlight, especially when it's the orange one, everyone's like, Oh my gosh, you know, because they, they are recalling the original attraction um, but having them smell those, uh, those smells kind of takes them back to that Soren. Uh, but the orange one, of course, is always a hit. And that's the one everyone kind of is like holding on to and they want to keep breathing it in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny that, um, 
on the old horizon. So I was a little girl when we would, you know, ride horizons before it went away. And it's, it's, I talk about that smell of the orange grove, where you like turn into that futuristic scene with the orange mm-hmm. groves. And I remember it's, when I tell you, it's not just like my earliest memory of Disney. Like, I think it's one of my earliest memories, period, as a child, is that memory. And I couldn't describe very well to you the way the scene looked. Like, it was just that smell of the that, that hit you in the face as your car kind of turned into that scene where they're overlooking that grove. Um, I'm so glad you said it because it was, it was one of those ones on my list that as we're getting getting down, I wanted to make sure we hit. Um, but it's, it's like this, it's very formative for me. And then like you, I'm very sad that we don't have it anymore, anywhere. It's funny. I think this is why, well, one of the many reasons why Lisa, you and I get along so well, and it's our affinity for Epcot because your earliest memory might've been horizons. Mine was across the breezeway at the land. That was my true earliest memory as a kid was being in the middle of the land pavilion, looking at the original fountain and the color scheme of the, what was then more bluish colored walls. And that for me, it was more of the sight than the smell. I can't remember the smell of it as well, but <clears throat> Epcot is my earliest memory as a kid. So yeah. I think that's why a lot of the smells on here too are clearly on there. Um, but Lisa, you mentioned you have a few iconic ones. Are there, you, again, you could jump to whatever one you would like to next. And I know we're, we're, we're kind of getting down to towards the end of our lists here, but um, what did you have up next? Um, so, I mean, there's one, obviously that I think I've been saving that I'm sure is on everybody's list, um, that I, I like, didn't want to say too early on, but like, as I'm wondering how many more rounds you're going to give us, Matt, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm just going to take the bull by the horns, um, and, and, and talk about Disney water or um, Disney water. That's so, yep. Um, you know, I, I think I referenced earlier that I would be going back to another thing that kind of puts me in the moment and that I breathe in and I'm home. Um, and you know, needless to say, for so many of us. And this is just one of those quirky ones that, like, if you weren't if you aren't in the Disney fandom, like, you'd have no idea what in the world we were talking about. <laughs> um, but if you are in the Disney fandom, like, it's the most obvious thing in the world when somebody mentions Disney Disney sense to you. I mean, it is obviously in a number of attractions. Pirates of the Caribbean is the one, of course. Yeah. Um, you know, they, so they, they clean the water with bromine rather than chlorine, mm-hmm. um, at Disney. And so that chemical smell of the bromine is very much in the air. Um, and then depending on what attraction that you're on, you know, they are permeating it with different scents and there's just sort of the, there's just this indescribable, like somewhat chemical ozone smell that's mixing in with all of it. Um, whether you're talking about, I'm sorry if I'm like pulling anything off of anyone's list, but like oh, I said, no, no. Go ahead. mindful of the fact that we're, we're dwindling on time, but you know, I know so many of us miss the poly lobby, for example, the old poly lobby for the same exact reason, because while we still kind of get the waterfalls walking in, you don't get that like musty Disney water smell when you walk in anymore. Um, but of course, pirates is the one. Um, and you know, they, they have added to it over the years. And so now there's the smell of sweet rum and, um, you know, obviously the, um, the volleys of, of fire, um, gunpowder and fire um, in the air as you're going through. Um, and it, to me, it's 
it is the smell, right? I mean, there's so I've said like, you know, I said ocean, um, the ocean air is, you know, sort of that iconic you're at Disney's for anybody type smell. But if you're in the Disney fandom, I think that that Pirates of the Caribbean scent, you know, no matter what form it took, whether it's sort of the old sort of pure musty water scent or what they've kind of layered into it um, over the years, kind of is that scent of bringing, bringing you home. And I think for so many of us, it's, um, it is the epitome of Disney kind of understanding the power of scent. Um, no matter how good or bad it objectively smells, um, <laughs> to like get into our subconscious. So, um, yeah, like I said, I mean, I'm sure it's on all of our lists and anybody who's listening, um, I'm sure it's on your lists as well, um, but it's, it's the one, it's the one. It is definitely an example of a quirky smell that every Disney fan relates to and was one that was on my list. I didn't put Pirates of the Caribbean because I knew that Lisa, you would probably have it or Philander because it's also very, very prevalent in Disneyland as well that that might be on your list too. I do love, I will say, the Castillo del Moro candle that you have, Lisa, is the closest that it gets to actually being physically at Pirates of the Caribbean. You can play it the cue music for pirate or the main theme to pirates of the Caribbean and light that candle and close your eyes and you'd be convinced you're <laughs> mm-hmm. there. But, um, the one that I actually put on my list, which I'll, I'll knock off now is the Mexico pavilion because it's not just the water smell of grand fiesta tour, but it also had that unique combination of also the, the smell of tequila, uh, tequila from Cava de tequila churros, um, and then this, again, almost an extension of the future world smell in the Mexico Pavilion um, that makes it very unique. But Pirates of the Caribbean is, of course, on there. Philander, did you have it as well? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, like Lisa, didn't want to, like, <laughs> jump out the gate with that one. Just, but <laughs> it's one that has to be said by one of the three of us at some point in it. Because I think, uh, Matt, your listeners have been like, they didn't even bring up the... <laughs> Of pirates, you know, so it's like someone had to say it. Yeah, no, I I know there's a there's a couple more, and we'll go through a couple more rounds. Um, but uh, that was one that if Lisa or Philander you didn't bring up, I was absolutely going to bring up. And there there's another one that's on here that that has to be discussed. But um, Philander, maybe it's on your list. So what do you have? What do you have up next? Um, the next one I have, uh, I you all may you both may be more familiar with me, um, or not more familiar, but. Uh, to answer a question now this smell is the the very the the very specific steam smoke smell that comes from the railroad yes um and it's powerful at disneyland like i you i think you get a whiff of it wherever there is a disney train but it's very strong at disneyland because the railroad there goes through a lot of tunnels constantly so you're you're like literally housed in it and I have not been on the Walt Disney World Railroad that often. And I know it doesn't really need to go into tunnels a bunch there, just due to the way the park is laid out. But in uh, in Disneyland, when you leave um, uh, Town Square, it, it, you, you have to go through a tunnel to get to New Orleans Square. Then after that, you go through Splash Mountain. And then on the way back from Toontown and Tomorrowland, you go through the Primeval World. Uh, Grand Canyon diorama and in there like you're it's like that's the air that's in there is just that train smell you know and so I I adore that smell and you can smell it a lot uh it's it's a lot stronger if you're sitting towards the front of the train as opposed to the back but when you're inside the the tunnel like that's the you're just getting that smell only almost and it's very very strong and I don't have uh that strong of a memory of if the Walt Disney World one is as like 
uh, is the exact same. I'm assuming it is. I can't imagine they run the trains that differently there, but um, I know I don't smell it as much there just because of the, the fact you're not enclosed with it. But that's another one where it's like, Ooh, we're here on main street, you know, that like unique, uh, like oil steam, you know, that like, again, like maybe a little bit of grease also, like we talked about with indie or dinosaur. And that's another very specific smell that attaches me to Disney parks or main street. Well, I guess not Shanghai. They don't have a train, but, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but all the other ones, um, that, uh, is super unique. And that's a very, uh, I think I, at least I want to say it's got to be at least a pretty iconic Disney smell because I can't imagine people come from places where there's just a lot of trains prevalent, especially steam ones. That's just not a thing that is in existence as much as it used to be a long time ago. So the smell of a train, you know, um, I'm assuming for most people is connected to a Disney park unless you like grew up with a lot around a lot of trains or live in an area with trains, you know. It's probably one of the closest connections to Walt himself in terms yeah. of the smell that he probably remembered fondly as well, since he had a huge fascination with trains, hence why there are so many trains at Disney. And it's uh, it, you're right, it extends beyond the parks. I do think it is stronger at Disneyland because there are so many tunnels on the Disneyland Railroad. At Walt Disney World, you only have Splash Mountain and it, there's a kind of small tunnel by Pirates of the Caribbean as well. Otherwise, it's pretty open okay. air. So unless you're sitting right at the front, it's not quite as powerful. Mm-hmm. Although when you're when you're next to the railroad too, about to board or when you get off, you yes. smell it there too. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember at the Toontown station now, the Fantasyland station. It also right because I think that's where they refuel it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that that you get you get the sense a little more powerfully there because that's where the steam starts to. Yes, that's uh, they refuel at New Orleans Square in Disneyland, and that's when you also get a huge like whiff of it as well. <laughs> yeah, Glenda, it's not the first time that you've mentioned a scent that I didn't necessarily have on my list, but like as soon as you said it, I and it's an interesting point because you're right; it's definitely not as prevalent in Walt Disney World because it's more wide open. And I think I do, um, interestingly enough, associate it the most with not necessarily being on the train, but in what's now Storybook Circus being mm-hmm. undercover um, in that like queue, in that queuing up space, um, I guess, as it sort of wafts out as the steam engine is pulling out, it kind of gets under that as you're queued up. Um, so I think I, when you talk about that, I associate the smell very much with being in queue in mm. what's now Storybook Circus. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that is a great point, Lisa. All right, I'm going to do another iconic one. It has not been brought up, so I'm just going to go out with it, and that is the Haunted Mansion. Um, it's probably, and it, it you can also say Tower of Terror. Tower of Terror has got a similar, slightly different smell, but the Haunted Mansion is one that instantly thinks, like, as soon as, you, as soon as I see the Haunted Mansion, I can smell it. If I think about Haunted Mansion, it's very much like Pirates of the Caribbean. You immediately can just remember that musty... Um, but that musty smell and it really does make you feel like you're in a haunted house a haunted mansion it's it's old it's dusty it's it's antique it's old world almost like you walked into an old if you go to new england and you see all these old colonial buildings and you walk into one of them short of any other sense they might have presence in there it's that original um antique house type of smell so 
instantly you think of without even knowing if and if you don't know what the haunted mansion is you smell that and you already have a sense of what's ahead um it 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 feels old it feels old world it feels um it's it's a it's a a pleasant smell that also is almost foreboding at the same time um so it's a really and it, it's one of the oldest smells at disney like they haven't mixed with the formula much because they nailed it the first time um and it's not one of those things that is almost an extension of just uh the pirate smell is really the the water smell mixed with the bromine so it's almost a an accident that that smell came to be whereas the haunted mansion is an old smell that was very intentional so i i had to if someone, if no, if no one else is going to say it, I had to. I was waiting towards uh, towards the end of our conversation to say it. But um, whether you're at Disneyland or at Walt Disney World or other Disney parks, the Honda Mansion smell is just one of the most iconic smells you can get. I had it too. Yeah, <laughs> I thought you would. <laughs> yeah. Uh, awesome. We're we're pretty much rounding out towards the end. So what we'll do is, I think, let's go around one more time each, and you can throw in a couple of honorable mentions ones that you would have uh if we if we went around a few more times we might have thrown into the mix but whether it's from your backup list or or things that were on your original list that uh you didn't get talk about but yeah let's let's go around one more time and and uh, i'll start with you lisa a few honorable mentions and then what you're gonna round out with for your final favorite disney sense for this conversation um, okay, great. Yeah, this is good. So, um, yeah, a few quick honorable mentions, or at least, you know, things that I think bear mentioning that we didn't get to, um, were some of the parade scents, some of the things that are very deliberately pumped out as the parades are going by. Um, it's some of the most like obvious use of smell that Disney does where it's just sort of in the air as the parade is going by, whether it's Vanellope's peppermint or, um, that Fraser fur smell that's going by during, um, very merry, um, some of the smells and, um, you know, the different holiday scents that I kind of associate and at this point with the holidays, certainly the holidays at Disney um, with the parades and I'm looking forward to them coming back um, sometime in the future. Um, Riviera certainly bears bears mentioning the new Riviera Resort that we alluded to earlier when Matt, you were talking about Grandestino. Um, it is one of the most deliberate smells out there. It's very, very specifically, I don't wanna use the word perfumey because that makes it sound less pleasant than it is. It's a wonderful, wonderful smell, but it's a very deliberate scent that's in the lobby um, that is sort of, it's, it, it's it's brand new, so it's not like there's memories embedded in it, but it's certainly something that I like to replicate just because it's such a beautiful scent. Um, the H2O toiletries, certainly bear yes. mentioning. <laughs> um, it's funny, I always joke, like when I'm packing for a Disney trip, I put like shampoo and conditioner in my bag, like from home that I normally use. But then when I'm leaving my Disney trip, I'm like hoarding the the sample, the little like, single <laughs> are bringing them home. It's like, why am I bringing them home if I don't even like think I'm gonna use them on the trip? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but then like, I do like when I'm missing Disney, I'll like break it out. Or like when I need, like, even a here, like as a Disney local, like if I'm kind of having a day, I'm like, all right, I'm going to use my H2O shampoo today. Um, so it's, there's obviously something about that scent that, um, that takes us all home. Um, and you know, water scents. We didn't talk about living with the land on the, the land. Oh, yeah. that obviously I can't not say it. Um, but we've talked a lot about water attractions. Um, so those are all my quick, <laughs> I could talk for hours about each one of those. Oh, I could um, but too, those trust are my quick, me. <laughs> yeah, all my quick throw-ins. Um, my last big one, I guess, will be, because we haven't said it yet, is just the smell of Main Street USA. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And, um, you know, this this could have 
yeah, it, it's fitting that this is my last one. It certainly could be my number one for many, many reasons. It's a complex smell. Um, it's the smell of popcorn carts and the ice cream parlor and the confectionery and just masses of people, of course. And um, it is, of course, the smell that we all associate with, at least at Walt Disney World, coming in those main gates and rounding the bend and getting that first view of Cinderella Castle, which um, I'm sure many people, it was the same, like when we would come here on vacation, and it still gives me the feels, gets me in the feels, but when we would come here on vacation, we always came to Magic Kingdom first on that first day, um, just because it was home. And, you know, whether I've got your favorite park or not, Magic Kingdom kind of is Disney. So on that first day, we would go to Magic Kingdom, and you kind of walk in those gates and kind of, you know, the feeling of everything would kind of wash over you. And it's that smell that's associated with it. And of course there's those popcorn carts that are stationed right there and the confectionery and the parlor up the way. Um, so it's, it, there's a lot going on there, um, whether it's food or people or perfumes coming in and it's all sort of something deliberate mixed with things that are just wafting. Um, but yeah, I think that that smell of Main Street USA is just something that evokes so much emotion in so many of us. I'm sure I'm not the only person who would start every trip with Magic Kingdom, whether it's your favorite park or not, right? It's Magic Kingdom. Um, you know, and it's it's that smell of rounding that, like, that hits you while you round the bend where you know that you're there. So. My family always started there too. And it was on my list and as well. It's absolutely a, a, a scent that is always reminiscent of Disney. Plus the you mentioned the popcorn and the uh, the candy shop and for me even just the especially at the end of the day when they open the doors at uh, the Plaza Ice Cream Parlor and that fresh waffle cone smell or the smell of the bakery um, it's it's all very pleasant. I like that you threw in Riviera as well because that was actually one of them that was on my list too. That it was the first thing that I noticed when I stepped into the lobby. It's very you're right. It it is. Almost like it could be a perfume, but it's not perfumey. It's, um, I believe that the actual smell, because I did ask a cast member, is Mediterranean mist, which I think is yeah. a pretty good way of describing it, but mm -hmm. a very, very pleasant smell. But yeah, I agree. Main Street USA was on my list. And I think, um, Flandry, you'd probably agree at Disneyland is a, an iconic smell as well. Very yeah, similar. Like so many memories attached to that. That's like a, definitely a you're there smell for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, Philander, we'll go to you. What do you have to round up for honorable mentions and your last answer for this discussion? My honorable mentions, and I, this one I think is unique in the sense that you're you can smell it other places, but it's such a uh, an attachment to Disney parks is that um, that pyrotechnic smell that comes from the launches from uh, fireworks that hangs in the air after yeah. like <laughs> or or yeah, that's. You could smell that any place it does fireworks, but there's something about smelling it there at the end of a show that's kind of like hanging in there. That's such a fulfilling feeling because most of the time it's at the conclusion of, you know, something you would just, one of your favorite shows you just witnessed, whether it be, you know, Illuminations or Happily Ever After. Uh, that's a that's a strong one. And I, I, I'm not, I don't watch enough fireworks and other places to have it that smell be associated to just fireworks, you know, because I feel like when you see fireworks, they're they're largely for very unique, specific occasions. So like before the July or New Year's. So you can almost imagine that Disney fans smell that smell so much more there than they would anywhere else, you know, 
Cause I mean, unless your family that lights fireworks, you know, a couple of times a week <laughs> or once a month, which I don't think a lot of people do, but I hope you know, not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think a lot of us associate that smell with Disney, Disney parks, uh, because we, the times when we do smell it during like holidays, when that's like a things people do, uh, those are a lot more rare than us seeing a show. So I, that's, that's when I wanted to add in. Another one I would add in was uh, Splash Mountain because it's Disney water, but it's that like damp wood smell of like the water on the wood of that attraction, which I think stands out because it's like it's like almost slightly different from other water attractions. And I think maybe it's because of the way the water is rubbing up against the wood. Uh, but that's a strong one for me. Um, uh the, the fried chicken at Plaza Inn in Disneyland <laughs> also. I know that's the best place to get fried chicken. At, it probably in California here, but I at least in Disneyland. It was the state, yeah. Like, <laughs> that smell is just hangs in that entire area. Like that whole southeast part of the hub right there. So like the moment you either step out of Tomorrowland or you're rounding Main Street coming up, it's such a... like a smell that's so iconic to, to the hub area of Disneyland. And thankfully the chicken tastes just as good as the smell, as opposed to we mentioned earlier, if how awful that would be, if it didn't taste yes. as good as that. <laughs> um, so that's when I had to mention, cause I don't even get a chance to eat it that often, but I, the smell is such a, a homey smell that is associated with the hub area. Um, the there's this there's a smell of the the flowers and the trees in the hub also at Disneyland because they have I know uh Walt Disney World doesn't have them as much anymore because they cleared a lot of them to make room for all the viewing and I miss those big trees at Walt Disney World uh, someone had just posted an old photo of it earlier and I got a little like oh like how it used to look yeah. and I understand of course the need for more space for viewing of course as the parks get busier but there's a way that the Tababuya trees smell in Disneyland and the, um, the poinsettias that are all in the hub, because it's such a tighter hub at Disneyland for it's, you know, it's much smaller size. So when you're standing in those areas, you get a really, really strong, like flower vegetation smell there that um, you don't get any, I think other, any of the other Disney parks, because they're, they're, there's so much bigger, you know, that compact, like, um, uh that compact feeling is just is kind of lost out of the parks due to like their the much larger size so that's when i had to mention and then i think my final one which is a fantastic one is the smell of beignets when you're walking through new orleans square like that's oh yeah that one is in new orleans square again it's very small so that smell kind of like wafts through the you know the 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 tiny you know corners of that land uh and every once in a while you'll get a whiff of the uh, the Marie Antoinette's perfumery also there because they have their doors open and you get that strong smell that comes out. So New Orleans Square is like, is wild to me because you get that plus um, Cafe Orleans is an outdoor restaurant largely. So you get a lot of smell of the pomme frites from there too. So New Orleans Square to me is like just this, such a strong, you know, hit of smells. Um, same thing from the way the exit for Pirates is, you get that, pirates water smell coming out of the exit as well so in some moments you the moment you pass that you get that and you get a little of the the perfume then you get a little of the, the 
the um, uh, beignets, but they're never like almost overlapping each other. I feel like <laughs> somehow they're living in harmony with each other because it's never just like a, a massive wave of all the smells. They kind of like have their their little bits that kind of separate from each other, which I don't know if that was even intentional or not, but it just works. Let's we'll we'll chalk it up to Disney magic, I guess you could say. It definitely is. I of all the things at Disneyland, I am probably most envious of New Orleans Square because I, <laughs> I I love New Orleans Square as well, and I know we can get beignets at Walt Disney World at Port Orleans French Quarter, but I'm also hoping that with the changes coming to Splash Mountain, that perhaps we'll get some beignet counter surface near Splash Mountain in the future. And uh, I can only imagine the lines that'll be present, <laughs> especially at Magic Kingdom. But I'll I'll wait at least once. If you can wait 12 hours for a Gideon's cookie at Disney Springs, I can definitely uh, wait about an hour or however long it'll take to get some beignets at Magic Kingdom. Or pump that smell into oh, yes. the new version of Splash Mountain as well. <laughs> I'll, I'll I was going to say that. the same thing. I was like, probably my first thought. <laughs> I'll say one of my first thoughts, just to sound less crazy, that when we found that we found out about the reimagining, was like, ooh, maybe we'll get beignets in front of that. <laughs> if, if we were only, I, I hope we're, we're lucky enough to get that. Um, all right, I'll do a couple of honorable mentions, and then my last one. The what do I want to say? Honorable mention. Test track was actually an honorable mention. The smell, uh, it's almost a new car smell. It's not mm-hmm. quite the same, but it's a future new car smell. It's uh, it's a smell of test track. And plus they do have the the real tires that they use. So there's a little bit of that um, from Indiana Jones Adventure and Dinosaur, some of that, that uh, greasy, rubbery smell that's incorporated in there as well. So test track was on my list. I had a couple of, I already mentioned the Mexico Pavilion. The three others that stood out to me were Italy, France, sorry, not France, Italy, Japan, and Germany, all for unique reasons. Um, and not just Japan in general, but Mitsukoshi in particular, the, the smell of that store is, um, Oh yeah, for sure. Whatever the combination of the, the, um, the perfumes plus in the back, the, it's got the, the woody sort of bamboo smell. And then in the back, they have all the, the snack and food items and that you can get, um, to me is iconic. Um, and in Germany, I mean, the, I think a lot of people love going into, the caramel shop and even beyond the caramel shop, there's a certain combination of flavors that are smell. I keep saying flavors because there are some flavors incorporated in there, but some smells that some, um, especially from some of my German heritage, I just always enjoy going in there and, and getting the, the combination of these German scents. Um, I don't want to end with this one, so I'll make it an honorable mention as well. The smell of Tomorrowland, kind of like the smell of future world. There's a combination of, Again, the carpets that they use in Tomorrowland, the smell of the buildings, and in particular, you get it the strongest in the Space Mountain queue and on Carousel of Progress and Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin. But for some reason, the queue, I, I, I know the reason, the queue for Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin also smells a lot like sweat in the summer, um, especially if the AC isn't working particularly well. So I left that one off. I'll end with a... Oh, and then the last one that's an honorable mention I had was um, the Christmas shop at Magic Kingdom. It's one of the few places that you can, in addition to Disney Springs, get uh, and their Christmas store there, get uh, the smell of Christmas all year. 
but I'll end with Flame Tree Barbecue. Um, for me, there's something about going into Animal Kingdom and there are a few iconic smells, of course, I talked about. There there are several at Flight of Passage, but mostly the the cave scene at Flight of Passage. The smell, as I alluded to earlier, Kilimanjaro Safaris um, and Dinosaur we talked about. But no matter which direction you go, even if you're heading left to go to Africa or to Pandora, you still get that waft of barbecue, delicious barbecue, as you pass by Flame Tree Barbecue. And no matter how many times I go to Animal Kingdom, I always smell it. There are times I can go to another park. I could go to Epcot and maybe not necessarily ride Spaceship Earth. And even if I just pass by the open doors, still might not get that room burning smell. Or I might go to Magic Kingdom and not do Pirates of the Caribbean that day. Or it's a small world or a Splash Mountain. And so I don't get that water smell. But again, no matter which way I go to Animal Kingdom, I because of the strength of the smell and uh, the smokiness of the actual food, and the way it, it moves through the pathways in Discovery Island, Flame Tree Barbecue is probably the strongest scent at Animal Kingdom, period. Um, so because because it was a park I worked at, I had to end with an Animal Kingdom one. And uh, I'd say Flame Tree Barbecue is, is one of my favorites there. Very pleasant smell. So... Well, we probably could go on for three hours to Lisa's point earlier, talking about all the smells. We barely covered the surface. We scrapped, we, we, we covered some of the, the, the iconic ones and, and a few unique and favorite ones, but I am so glad that we were able to gather together and talk for nearly two hours, just about since at Disney, <laughs> um, just to make sure that people know where to go to follow you philander i know you've been on the show before but um i think mostly instagram is where you send people right philander c85 that's me i'm usually there posting something <laughs> go at least for the imagineering mondays that's something i look forward to at the start of every week and uh lisa you're new to the show so um and hopefully this is uh you know, your first, but not your last time being a guest on here, but definitely share a way for where everybody can follow you. Cause you've got some incredible content and uh, more importantly, some incredible products <laughs> to, yeah, to enjoy. Yeah. Thank you so much. And yeah, I hope this, hope this isn't the last time um, we get to chat um, in this forum, but yeah, I, um, so my, my, my heart is in my blog, which is the castle run.com. Um, that is sort of my heart space, like I said, and that is where I chronicle what I alluded to very briefly here, which is sort of the journey that we've been on as a family kind of uprooting our lives. I was, um, I was kind of a wall street rat, um, kind of in big, in big law for many, many years and effectively walked away from it entirely um, with my husband and my two children. And we have uprooted our lives entirely. We now live a mile from the magic. I am 1.2 miles as the crow flies from Cinderella Castle. Um, and we, we are sort of creating a new life here. Um, and I chronicle that at Disney and on top of doing some just some usual vacation spot coverage. Um, and you can find all of that there. I'm very active in the run com running community as well. So if you're into that, you'll find a lot of run Disney stuff there and other running stuff there as well. Um, and on Instagram, you can find me at the Castle Runner. I'm extremely active there um, as well. Um, I try to connect those two forums very much so, and I have active communities in both spaces. Um, and then, of course, for folks who are still um, attuned to Facebook, you can find me there as well under my name, Lisa Donato Glasner. Um, and I have groups and pages under the Castle Run as well. Um, and of course, what all of this has been going to is my <laughs> shop, which is Core Memory Candles. If you're on the blog, the Castle Run, um, there is a shop tab there, or you can just go directly 
directly to corememorycandles.com um, to shop the shop. I have currently 34 different scents um, offered in two different size candles, um, wax melts, oils, and in some of my most popular scents, sprays. Um, I'm developing a couple more scents, um, and I also have some other things in the pipeline that'll be fun projects for people who are interested more in um, personal use items. Um, I've got bath bombs in the works as well as lotions. So, yeah. I'm very excited about all those, plus whatever <laughs> you announce for your new products, but I will harp on that again. Um, there's not, it's not often that I, I so actively promote something on the podcast, especially free, but Core Memory Candles is by far one that I will continue to promote just because I believe anyone who's a Disney fan who related to this conversation in any way will probably have tears of joy when they first smell, open up that candle and smell any one of your scents. Um, so thanks for, from a fan, thanks for bringing those to life. And uh, anyone listening, please make sure you go to her shop because they're incredible. Please know that they are a labor of love in all the right ways. And Matt, I can't be more appreciative of your, your love for them as well. And just, just know that you will never not have the ground in your <laughs> <laughs> that will forever be my uh, my favorite, but who knows? Maybe there will be a new one that uh, that I try that because I haven't gotten to all of them yet that uh, that will enjoy even more. But thanks to both of you for spending a couple hours with me chatting about smells at Disney. Where else would you do that? So <laughs> nobody else would have this conversation with me for two hours. So uh, thanks to both of you so much for for being a part of the show. Thanks so much. Of course, thank you. With that, we close out episode 99 of the Imagineer podcast. I want to give a very special thank you once again to both Lisa and Philander for lending their time to this episode, a couple hours, in fact, talking about Disney smells. It was such a fun conversation. I related to, as you probably heard, everything that both of them had to say about their favorite Disney smells. And I'm sure those of you listening at home probably feel the same way about those scents at Disney. Of course, I want to turn over the conversation to you, though, because there could be some scents that we might have missed, and I want to know what your favorite scents are at the Disney parks and resorts. You can send me your answers and feedback in so many different ways, of course, by reaching out on social media, and I would encourage you to follow us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and TikTok at Imagineer Podcast, on Twitter at Imagineer News, or you can, of course, join our Facebook group, The Imagination, also called The Imagineer Podcast, Disney fan community, to chat about this subject, not just with me, but with other members of The Imagineer Podcast community. You can also go ahead and, uh, if you'd like to, you can send me an email at imagineerpodcast at gmail.com. I would also encourage you to, of course, follow Philander over at philanderc85 on Instagram. It's probably the main place that you can follow along with his journey. And, of course, check out Lisa's website, blog, thecastlerun.com. Be sure to follow her on Instagram at thecastlerunner. And you can also, as I mentioned and as she mentioned, check out her shop also at thecastlerun.com. 
can find core memory candles there. I cannot speak highly enough about these Disney-inspired scents. They truly do smell like the real thing and are such a pleasant part of my day. I have to say that, especially ever since I've been working at home, uh, working from home, I should say, I have been lighting one of the candles every day. I kind of rotate depending on how I feel that day, and I am such a huge fan, so I cannot stress enough that if you would like to uh, get the smell of Disney in your own home with some Disney-inspired candles, absolutely check out Lisa's product line over at Core Memory Candles. I would also like to say that if you don't already subscribe to the show, be sure to go ahead and hit that subscribe or follow button, whether you're listening to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or any other podcast app, which will ensure that you are the first to know when new podcast episodes become available. And if you have a few moments to rate and review the show, especially in Apple Podcasts, that does a lot to help this community out, keeps others aware of what is in store if they do subscribe to Imagineer Podcasts. And I do read each and every review that comes through. I'll often share them out to my Instagram and Facebook stories. And I'm so grateful to the over 400 of you who have left a five-star review in the Apple Podcast Store, which again, tremendously helps us out and certainly keeps me motivated to do even better to bring the magic of Disney into your own home. Plus, I would also, if you uh, want to take your love of Imagineer Podcast one step further, I would encourage you to look into our Patreon group, which is available at patreon.com slash Podcast. I just recently launched a whole bunch of new perks that are available. I find that every single year I either uh, change some of the perks to make them better or add on new perks. So there's never been a better time to be a part of this Patreon group. A couple of new uh, perks that I have added recently are one, the weekly Disney Plus watch parties are officially a part of our Patreon group. No matter what your level of membership is, if you're a part of the community, not only do you have access to the exclusive Facebook group just for members, but you also now have access to our weekly Disney Plus watch parties, which are so much fun. In January, we had a Pixar theme where we watched a bunch of Pixar films together. February, we watched Marvel together. March, it is all about Disney heroines. And I know that continuing in the future months, we'll have different themes and just, we always have a great time commenting together uh, as we uh, watch these films. Plus, I have also added daily Disney Music Loop suggestions to share some of my favorites, things that I listen to while I'm working throughout the day or even on weekends just to bring me back to the magic of Disney. Plus, you now have access to, depending on your level of membership, a uh, my close friends list on Instagram where I'm doing exclusive weekly Disney trivia and weekly Disney polls just for the uh, Patreon members who are active on Instagram. So you can see all the perks and benefits that are available by heading to patreon.com slash podcast. By far the most popular tier is our cast member tier, which is $5 a month to get some great rewards associated with that. My suggested level is $15 a month which is the apprentice level because you also unlock bonus podcast episodes, access to my virtual audio tours, ad-free at no additional cost, get early access to every podcast episode, plus access to my podcast production notes, access, as I mentioned, to the Instagram close friends list with those weekly Disney trivia and polls, access to the, to the uh, Facebook group, 
Disney Plus watch parties, and more. And then, of course, there are even higher levels of membership where you get even more rewards. You can see all of the benefits available, again, by heading to patreon.com slash Podcast. Just know that depending on when you're listening to this episode, especially years down the line, terms and conditions are, and all the perks that are associated are subject to change. So going to Patreon is the best place to see what is currently available to you. Perhaps the best thing to do for the show, though, to support us out is to share the show. Whether you share out your favorite episode, perhaps it's this one, or another episode of the show, or your favorite content on our social media pages that lets others know about Imagineer Podcast, which is the best way to continue to grow our community. And I so greatly appreciate those of you who continue to share out the show each and every week. Plus, be sure to check out our partners first check out the kingdom insider over at thekingdominsider.com and the kingdom insider on all social media channels to get the latest news about all things disney i always like to say as you've probably heard me mention several times so far on the podcast that while i cover the past with a little bit of the present and some of the future they cover the future and the present with a little bit of the past and it's a great mix between covering disney history with imagineer podcast and covering Disney news with The Kingdom Insider. So check them out at thekingdominsider.com and The Kingdom Insider on all social media channels. And the next time you're ready to book a trip to Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, Adventures by Disney, or any other Disney destination, you'll want to work with our travel partner, Academy Travel, and more in more particular, uh, Mickey Vacations by Academy Travel, because they have been helping to plan out vacations for over 25 years, and they are diamond earmarked, which is the highest level of distinction that Disney awards travel agencies, so they have some incredible recognition with Disney themselves. They can help to plan out your next Disney vacation at no additional cost to you, which is a tremendous benefit. They can help to alleviate the stress of planning out your vacation, make those calls for you to Disney, wait on hold for for you with Disney if you need to make any modifications or changes. They take care of all of that work for you, again, at no additional cost, and they can even help you to save money on a future Disney vacation because they are aware of all the perks and all the discounts that are available to anyone booking a Disney vacation. So you can request a free quote, no obligation, by clicking on the travel links in the description of this podcast episode, or quite simply head to imagineerpodcast.com, click on the travel drop down, and then select your destination, fill out that form. They will get back to you as soon as possible with that free quote, no obligation. Last but not least, boy, we are coming up on episode number 100. I never thought I would get to 100 episodes of the show, not even including bonus episodes that we've done before, but that is all thanks to you. And thanks so much for continuing to listen to the show, for making this such a rewarding experience for me as a podcaster and as a Disney fan. And it's started up so many new friendships. So I am so grateful to all of you. And I encourage you to do the same. Whatever it is you want to accomplish in life, Take some hard work, but the hardest part, to be honest, is just getting started to take that first step, to figure out what that first step is, to go after your hopes and dreams. But it's incredible how it's not so much about the destination of reaching that goal, but the journey itself that is the most enjoyable part of the process. So go after your hopes and dreams, whatever they might be. And remember, as always, that inspiring quote from Horizons. If you can dream it, you can do it. Thank you so much for listening to the show, and we'll see you again in a future episode of the Imagineer Podcast.
Rose.